It's Ella and Mia here, and we are so excited to be your hosts for Great Stories, a podcast by Mills and Wills SA. Hearing stories from the wonderful Mills and Wills SA team and seeing the benefits this service provides in the community led us to create a space where people can gain insight into the values and histories behind our organisation. This is what this podcast is all about, sharing knowledge and inspirational stories by learning about the values of Mills and Wills with all of you. Each month we post two new episodes, one full length and one shorter episode, which we call Bite Size. These are released on the 1st and 15th of every month. Let's get into it. Hey guys, it's Ella and Mia and this week we will be discussing senior hoarding in our podcast. We hope you enjoy... So in society, there is a very common misconception about what hoarding is and many TV shows that discuss hoarding disorder have created a false idea on how to best help someone suffering with hoarding disorder, also known as HD. We will discuss the causes of hoarding disorder and the types of items that are most commonly hoarded, as well as common symptoms. We will also talk about Diogen syndrome, which is a behavioural disorder that can also result in the sufferer hoarding items and the common misconceptions on the best treatment for this disorder. Lastly, we mention cognitive behavioural therapy as the recommended treatment for people that have been diagnosed with hoarding disorder and discuss the best ways to go about helping a loved one that may be experiencing some symptoms of this disorder. Hoarding disorder is a recognised mental illness. It starts early in life and is associated with some personality traits such as perfectionism and anxiety. According to the Home Care Assistance Newcastle website, senior hoarding can occur due to a range of reasons, including dementia or trauma response to a difficult event. People with hoarding disorder may also have other mental illnesses such as anxiety, ADHD or OCD. Hoarding disorder will continue to get progressively worse without successful intervention and 100% of sufferers will relapse without treatment. I've heard that most people hoard things like newspapers and food. Is this true? Well, this is true to an extent. People with hoarding disorder can hoard any item, but it is most likely to see people with this disorder accumulating clothes, ornament, kitchenware, newspapers, magazines, and similar items. Most items that are hoarded are of a low monetary value, but some can have a very strong emotional tie to the person, such as items that have been inherited from a deceased estate. The most common symptom of hoarding disorder is the inability to throw away items and the presence of severe anxiety and discomfort when faced with the prospect of getting rid of these objects. However, a common misconception is that anyone who buys or collects a lot of items without filtering any of them out is experiencing hoarding disorder or is a hoarder. The actual difference between someone who collects a lot of items and someone who is experiencing symptoms of hoarding disorder is the ability or inability of that person to categorise and organise their possessions. So if a person is unable or has an extreme amount of difficulty to organise their possessions in a way that makes sense to them, as it doesn't necessarily have to make sense to anyone else, then it is likely that they are experiencing symptoms of hoarding disorder. Another symptom is obsessive thoughts about losing or running out of items and therefore buying or collecting more of these items to compensate for these obsessive thoughts. Some people with hoarding disorder may also buy items due to a fear or concern that they may need it in the future. 
Another difference between collectors and people with hoarding disorder is the person's experience with their possessions. People who just collect items will generally have a sense of pride in their items, while people with hoarding disorder have an extreme sense of shame and embarrassment about their possessions, and will usually feel uncomfortable when other people see them. Older people who are hoarding may also have Diogen syndrome. Diogen syndrome is a behaviour disorder that most commonly affects older people of all genders and is commonly associated with dementia. Around 15% of people who display symptoms of this disorder also have symptoms of dementia, as sufferers of both disorders tend to impose self-isolation and a tendency to refuse help or support by others. The main symptoms of this disorder are excessive hoarding, dirty homes, poor personal hygiene and withdrawal from society. This disorder can also become very dangerous to the sufferer and others, as the intensity of these symptoms may cause the person to develop an illness, such as pneumonia, or, or can lead to accidents, such as falls and fires within the home. Diogen syndrome is often linked to mental illnesses that can include schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD, depression, dementia, and addiction, especially to alcohol. Before we discuss the recommended treatment options for people experiencing hoarding disorder, it is important to talk about the misconceptions of HD treatment within the media, particularly with the show Hoarders. Hoarding reality television shows, including Hoarders, depicts a person or family living with hoarding disorder and spends a lot of time panning across the house of the sufferer to show the extent of their hoarding. The main premise of the show is when the host and cleaning crew come into the house and clean out most, if not all, of the possessions that the person with hoarding disorder has collected over the years. Almost always, the person clearly experiences discomfort and anxiety about their possessions being removed, but this seems to leave once the house has been cleaned and the person and their family can look around the newly clean house. However, as the clutter of possessions itself is not the cause of the hoarding disorder, removing these possessions will only temporarily remove the outcome of the symptoms. In fact, removing the possessions that a person with hoarding disorder has collected, usually over an extended period of time, may make the person's symptoms even worse, as their safety blanket has been removed in a way. Therefore, forced cleanup is not a beneficial treatment for people with hoarding disorder. Alternatively, cognitive behavioural therapy, or CBT, is the recommended treatment for hoarding disorder. CBT uses a combination of cognitive therapy and behaviour therapy. The aim of cognitive therapy is to change the way that the person thinks about an issue that is causing them or others concern, in this case, the accumulation of the hoarded items. One of the techniques used in this type of therapy is cognitive restructuring, where the person is asked to prove the negative feelings that they feel about themselves. As these feelings do not reflect any truth and are just self-destructive thoughts, the person is unable to find any proof of them and are instead forced to acknowledge their importance and the love that their friends and families have for them. The aim of behavioural therapy is to teach techniques and skills to change certain aspects of a person's behaviour. This may include learning social and conversational skills that can help to limit negative thoughts and feelings about yourself when in a social setting. Certain antidepressants have also been shown to lessen symptoms of hoarding disorder, but are not as widely used as CBT. If you know someone who you think is hoarding, we have a few tips on how to support them. The most important thing to remember is that a forced cleanup is not the answer. Cleaning out the home of someone who is hoarding does not solve the issues that caused the hoarding in the first place, and will likely cause more emotional distress for the person, and a fractured relationship between the person with HD and the person who did the cleanup. 
It is also important to use respectful language when discussing the items and to listen to what the person wants. If you begin the conversation using respectful and understanding language without pressuring the person to let you into their space or allowing you to change anything, you will be more likely to have a calm and supportive discussion. Thank you for listening to our episode and learning a bit about Mills and Will's essay. We look forward to seeing you next fortnight. If you have any questions or comments or even ideas for future episodes, please get in contact with us at ella at mealsonwheelsessay.org.au. Until next time, have a great few weeks.